the heart of every man. Adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the masculine journey. We're excited you're joining us today and we have a very intriguing topic. It's, I forgot the name of the topic. <laughs> no, well, I didn't. The name of the song is End of the Innocence. That's it. The name of the topic is actually The End of Innocence. And before you, <laughs> Howard is shaking his head. It could happen. <laughs> but before you go let your mind think about End of Innocence like you are, Jim, right now. Okay. Let me quote this from the song that you may have heard end of the innocence by um don henley i could remember that anyway here's the first line remember the days were long and rolled beneath a deep blue sky didn't have a care in the world with mommy and daddy standing by but happily ever after fails and we've been poisoned by these fairy tales the lawyers clean up the details since daddy had to fly and so you can tell, Sam, when he's talking about the end of the innocence, this is a different kind of end of the innocence than the, than we necessarily just go to in our minds. Yeah, it is. It's, it's the loss of the family structure in that song, the loss of the family protection in a lot of ways. You know, and there's a, there's a, where you have to kind of grow up when that situation occurs and you do lose that, that time of that innocence. And the interesting thing about that whole concept about the end of the innocence is for Eve, it happened right at that moment that she quit thinking about the larger story, what God was doing, and began to worry about what she was doing. And And she sounded like a lot like a character from Caddyshack right after that, didn't she, uh, Sam? Oh, yeah. This is uh, one of my favorite clips from Caddyshack, and it- I know when the listeners out there are saying, really, Caddyshack? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get a clip. But I would challenge us to really listen to this clip and say, aren't we more like Spalding than we really want to admit? Yeah, have a listen for Spalding here. I want a hamburger. No, a cheeseburger. I want a hot dog. I want a milkshake. I want potato You'll get nothing and like it. (laughs) So, Sam... Uh, Spalding, it's hard to take. You know, it is. And I think that we don't always see ourselves that way. Of, you know, saying, you know, I want this, I want that, I want this. But I think there are times in our life that we go through that. And I'd love to say that, you know, at some point it stops, but I find myself getting back in that cycle from time to time of almost not waiting on God, you know, and jumping out ahead and, and doing what I want versus what I th- what necessarily God has planned. Yeah, when I want it and how exactly like I want it. <laughs> what do you think, Sean? Do you fall into this category ever? <clears throat> oh, yeah, I definitely fall into it. That's that's for certain. Um, wanting big fish, wanting the big buck. I want it now. Can't wait. Who knows about tomorrow? So that's, that's definitely a, a, a wanting thing. Um, 
talking about the the big fish and even the end of innocence um i went on a fishing tournament uh this weekend did a couple of them and you know i almost didn't come tonight i feel like something was telling me not to come either i was just being lazy you were gonna or, carp out on us yep well. i was gonna carp because <laughs> this this is a carpet diem story if i ever heard <laughs> and um that's a load of carp <laughs> Oh. oh my goodness! Um, uh, don't scale it. There's a cornfield around here. <laughs> it is awfully corny. So, uh, so Monday we go. Um, we've got my uh, soon-to-be father-in-law and his son, and we go to this fishing tournament. And he just got saved. His name's John. He got saved. I thought it was some great news. You know, it's awesome. Uh, so young, cha- choosing you know his path and. So we get to this tournament, and uh, we're standing around the truck just waiting for the tournament to start, and we look down, and I, I said, would you look at that? I said, there's a quarter. Picked it up. It was on heads. I was like, man, I'm making money already. I look back down, and I see a, another quarter, and it's on tails. And I said, huh. So you know what that means, don't you? He said, what? And I was like, God's telling us something. We're going to do really well, but we're also going to see something really bad. So he was just like, oh, okay, all right. Well, so we're fishing. Um and we're doing really well. We're catching them. Uh, all, by, by the time we throw it out, about 10 minutes later, we're bringing them back in. Um, so nonstop, we were catching fish all day. And, and if you've never been to a tournament, you know, they have hour rounds. So it's the biggest fish uh, first and second. Um, so, you know, we could never get that biggest fish. And we could always get to that second fish, but then somebody would catch that next one and it'd bump us out. Uh, we end up winning one, um, uh, one round. Um, but like I said, it, they just kept reeling in. Uh, I mean, at time we had three and we had six reels and we had three coming in. So we were doing really well, but, uh, end of the tournament comes and I said, well, what'd I tell you, John? I said, the Lord was telling us something. Um, and it, it was, it was cool for someone so young to see God's work and and how his signs can come about. And that's really good for him because it shows, you know, even though he may have a torn life or whatever he may go through, that he can fight off that end of innocence and keep it. And we see a perfect example of this in Willy Wonka, don't we, Sam? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I know this is Jim's favorite clip that we have tonight. Uh, and honestly, I'm the one that picked this clip, and it, it is so unlike me to pick this type of clip. This is a Robbie clip, typically. <laughs> uh, but this is a perfect one for the topic. It, it, it's this girl, and I, I always bowed out of watching Willy Wonka, so I don't know who she is, but she's obviously a spoiled brat that wants <laughs> her way. Yeah, here she goes. Hey, Daddy, I want a golden goose. Here we go again. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. All right. Daddy will get you a golden goose as soon as we get home. No, I want one of those. Wonka, how much do you want for the golden goose? They're not for sale. Name your price. She can't have one. Who says I can't? The man with a funny hat. I want one. I want a golden goose. Gooses. Geeses. I want my geese to lay gold eggs for Easter. It will, sweetheart. At least a hundred a day. Anything you say. By the way. What? I want a feast. You ate before you came to the factory. I want a bean feast. One of those. Cream buns and donuts and fruitcake with no nuts. So good you could go nuts. You're going to have all those things when you get home. No, now. I want a ball. I want a party. 
Pink macaroons and a million balloons I'm performing baboons and give it to me Now, I want the world I want the whole world I want to lock it all up in my pocket It's my bar of chocolates Give it to me now I want today I want tomorrow I want to wear them like braids in my hair And I don't want to share them I want a party with roomfuls of laughter Ten thousand tons of ice cream And if I don't get the things I am after I'm going to scream uh, Harold, and you think if you listed to another ten minutes of that that you <laughs> I would be the one screaming Now your Isn't grandkids that the longest clip? <laughs> <laughs> It could be the longest ever But you've got grandkids, right, Harold? Have you ever noticed that they have this unbelievable ability to find themselves there where they've got nothing on their mind but what they want? I am truly blessed. (laughs) Here comes the politically correct. (laughs) Mine are not that way. Uh, No, I I have to give credit. Uh, They're they're very good. But, well, I would, if if she... She would have something to scream about, and it wouldn't be what she wanted. It'd be what she didn't want. Well, I had <clears throat> four children and one grandchild so far that's old enough to to do that. My other grandson do that, but I assure you that they all. I have yet to meet meet a child. Have you ever met one, Jim, that didn't have the capacity to? Because the one child I know for sure is me, and I probably find myself there at least two or three times a day. And I know my kids, oh, my word. Did you ever see that with yours? I saw it more in mine than any other. <laughs> I'm very gracious with other people's children, and I thought I'd be a nicer granddaddy, but I want my kids to be and my grandkids to be better than other children. And I'm kind of a mean old man when it comes to selfish children. Yeah, it's it it's it's sometimes easy to see that. Sam, what what are your thoughts? You've <laughs> got one on the way. Well, You've got a grandchild on the way, but you have yeah, some kids. And, and my thoughts are Jim's not just a mean old man when it comes to kids. <laughs> <laughs> You're so Jim's one of the nicest. He's one of the nicest guys you'll meet. You know, it's funny. I had this conversation with Eli, my youngest son, just this weekend. You know, he uh, had earned some money from mowing yards, and he really wanted to buy a game. And we have a vacation coming up, and I kept reminding him, Eli, you're really going to want money on vacation. You know, and finally he kind of listened, but he was trying to, he was fighting with that, I want this now, I don't want the delayed thing down the road. But I, I saw that kind of play out in my life where God, I've been able, with all my traveling I've been doing, to put a little bit of money back um, from each paycheck, not a lot, but a little bit of money, and it, it's built up a little bit over time. And I, I kept fighting that want. I want this. I want that. And, and I kept feeling God say, Damn, just hold on, just hold on. Well, then last week when I got home from traveling, or a week before last, my air conditioning went out on the upstairs and ended up costing me about $2,300. And I was very grateful that I'd put that money back and hadn't spent it on things that I wanted. You know, because it's more like me to go do what I want versus listening and saying, okay, God, I'm going to trust you that I don't need to spend this right now. 
So again, the topic today is the end of the innocence after I finally remember, Jim. <laughs> and the idea <laughs> is that when all of a sudden you went from this, and, and we can talk about this as individuals if we don't talk about it as our kids or whatever, we went from God-centered to self-centered, and all of a sudden my needs supersede anything else that may be going on, which is harder to control as a child, perhaps. And as we get there, there is an aspect that Christianity is the only thing I can possibly think of that explains or gives us some context to how this works in everyday life. And we're going to get to that when we come back. We got more clips and we got more End of the Innocence coming your way. Don't forget, we got a boot camp coming up November 9th through the 12th. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to PO Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. Sam, this November boot camp could literally change a lot of men's life. I talk to a lot of men, they're saying... They say they don't know what their place is in the grand scheme of things. They don't know how to behave as Christian men. God designed us for freedom, and it's coming up at this boot camp. It is. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org to register now. Just $169 early bird pricing for four amazing days. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Register now. Offer up your best defense, because this is the end of the innocence. That's the line from the song, and I've got a pretty good defense. <laughs> How about you, Jim? You got a pretty good defense? Well, no. <laughs> I try to throw them up there, but none of them are good. Uh, when I first heard the topic, what hit me is... My loss of innocence was when, and again, nowhere close to where I thought we might be going, and I was afraid we might be going, but my loss of innocence was when I realized I'm not basically good. It was a a matter of realizing, you know, that my basis nature is there, and you say, well, that's, that's really bad to lose your innocence. No, it's good, because that's when you turn to God to become good, as opposed to being the selfish brat that yeah, it's all of us start out as, and most of us end up as. Yeah, it's understanding, actually, right, that we weren't born innocent, we were born guilty. Absolutely. And we weren't designed that way, and we were designed to return to innocence, 
but we're not born that way. And and it takes some understanding of Christianity, right, Sam, to get to the point where going, how do we put this all in perspective? It does. You know, it takes time and walking with God. It takes that relational time. Reading His Word is vital. Some people get a lot of relationship from there, and however God speaks to you, you know, is where we got to be just focusing our time. Because when we get that deep, intimate relationship with Him, that's when our defenses are actually better. You know, you'd ask Jim how his defenses are. A lot of mine depends on how tired I am. <laughs> when I get tired, my defenses aren't real great. You know, and so i got to be very intentional about getting the right amount of rest um, because I know my own tendencies, my old self tendencies, not my new self, but my old self tendencies will come more to the surface when I'm tired. Well, I, I remember, t- I don't know how many boot camps I had to go through before I finally got through my thick skull, but a lot of them, the, uh, the understanding of the larger story and how John Eldridge points out <clears throat> so beautifully that we feel like we woke up into a movie, you know, 20 minutes late, and what in the world is going on, and why am I so selfish, and why am I around so many selfish people, and why is all this stuff going on, like Jim was talking about? How is it that people are basically bad? No wonder this stuff doesn't. No wonder there's murder. No, no wonder there's suicide. No wonder there's a drug problem. No wonder there's all these horrible things that are going on, and even within my own family, <laughs> as in the case of the song, can only be understood through understanding the larger story and how Christianity, how, inge- how God literally stepped into the scene to bring us back to a place of innocence. And without Christianity, there's no explaining all that trouble. No, and when we lose the context of the larger story, we start to step a lot more back into that selfish behavior. And speaking of selfish behavior, we've got Bob, don't we, Sam? We have Bob. This is from an older movie called What About Bob? And and Bob and Richard Dreyfus, uh, Bill Murray is Bob, and Richard Dreyfus is his counselor. And Richard Dreyfus has went on vac- vacation, and Bob decides to follow him, and Bob's his patient. And so let's just pick it up and listen to Bob's response to the counselor's explanation. Bob, your behavior is completely inappropriate. You're angry. No, no, I don't get angry. Well, you're upset. (laughs) I don't get upset. Well, then let's have a little talk. Bob, I do not see patients on vacation, ever. How many ways can I make that clear? Now, what I'd like you to do is to get on this bus and go back to New York. I can't. I'm totally paralyzed. I'm all locked up. You got yourself here. Barely. Well, getting back will be therapeutic. But can't we just have a little talk? Bob, you are testing my patience. Come on, I've come so far. Bob, I'm baby-stepping. I'm, I'm doing the work. I'm baby-stepping. I'm not a slacker. Listen to me. Check Listen. it out. Look at I'm in really bad shape. Come on, please. Bob, please. Bob. Give me, give me, give me. I need, I need, I need. Bob. Give me, give okay, me. Okay, please. all right, all right, please. all right. <laughs> that is so classic and... You know, I find myself there all too often, Sam, and <laughs> I mean, just like last Wednesday, and, and I was, I just couldn't get out of it. It just seemed like there was an ongoing battle, and if it weren't for some sense of, wow, I have fallen into the smaller story, and I cannot fight my way out of it, 
But understanding the larger story gives us a way to fight out. It is our defense card. It does. And when you hear Bob's character, he, he wants healing. You know, he wants to move past the stage in his life. And after hearing that and thinking about it for a while, I realized how often I sound like Bob. Because there's healing that I want, and I'm, I just want to know. <laughs> God, just give me this healing now. And, and sometimes he does on certain things, and other things, it's a journey. It's a walk with him. Well, you've been baby-stepping. I've, I've seen you do it. <laughs> I, I've what? You've been baby-stepping. I saw the whole thing. <laughs> oh, I can be baby-stepping. Yeah. But I can get very impatient, too, and you know, and that's not good. That's when you rush the field and fight bravely and die quickly. I've, I've done that. I've done that, as Jim has, has seen. But, Harold, you, you are going to give us some wisdom here. I can see it on your face. <laughs> well, a lot of what's gone on so far has been about selfishness and about wanting stuff now. Uh, I was young and growing up. Uh, we didn't have money for me to go get whatever it was I wanted. And a lesson They that did I, have money back then? Uh, no, it was a long time ago. We, we, we traded rocks. Wampum and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so what I discovered was that it hurts when you want and can't have. So the best way to deal with it is not to want. So if you learn not to want and expect to have, then it don't hurt. And so that stands you in good stead not to be selfish about having all the little things that you might otherwise want. Learning that lesson early helped me a lot, even as an old man now. But that's a tight that's a tight walk, a tight rope walk, because you don't want to kill your heart, because inside your heart are all those desires that God put down in there for you to experience life, right, Jim? Oh yeah. I mean, that's that reminds me of my wife and I were discussing this before, and she says one of the things that we need most is to have God fix our wanter. <laughs> we we have to want, and we heard our that wanter. somewhere way back in oblivion. But we all need our wanter fixed, and what we need to want is what God wants, and that's the bottom line of following Christ is becoming more like him and wanting I mean it's not God gives us the desire of our hearts isn't him saying yeah you can have a BMW it is no this is the thing that you should want and he fixes our water I believe that was a lady that was one of my seminary professors I first heard that but that was a, a biggie. Get well, your water fixed. I was studying, or I have been studying for a number of weeks, Jeremiah 42. And, you know, the people there, if you may recall the background, was that, unfortunately, Babylon had just And there was a, a character that was going to take them to Egypt. But right before they went to Egypt, they went to Jeremiah, and they asked Jeremiah to pray for them. Please tell us what God wants. So they came to him with a sort of a good idea. They went to Jeremiah and said, please pray to your God and tell us what it is that you feel like God wants us to do. And God's very clear. He says, do not go. <laughs> Don't even think about it. You know, he's, he's, he couldn't be more clear. Don't go to Egypt. 
but as you said, their wanter was superseding to what was clear. In you know, if they'd actually asked the prophet, and you have to have Jeremiah sitting right there where you could go to him. That's a pretty good thing. You don't have to wonder, wonder, but that was heads or tails on that coin. <laughs> this is Jeremiah telling you that God is saying, "Don't go to Egypt." But the neat thing inside that, Sam, as I listen to that and I think about it is the adventure that was there in Israel for them would have been an adventure with God that was beyond their wildest desires, right? Right. You know, as Jim was talking about the fixing our wanter, I agree with that as long as it doesn't kill our desirer, right? Because we want to have the desires that God places in our heart, and those things that he places sometimes is not for now. Sometimes he gives us a desire and he fulfills it quickly. Sometimes he gives us one that's going to be a journey with him. And I think that, you know, understanding the difference between that wanting versus God-given desire is huge. Because I guess I'd ask the question of everybody honestly, how many things that you wanted brought you life? I can't think of many that I've really wanted that I went out and got or did or whatever that truly brought me life. Well, let me tell you one. God brought one into my life, like I had described earlier, how I had tried to suppress wanting. Well, he brought that woman into my life, and I never wanted anything more than I wanted her. And he blessed me. We're coming up in a few days, 53 years of marriage, and I still want her as much now as I did then. God God will give you the desires of your heart, even when you don't know the real desire of your heart. I thought I wanted to be a fighter pilot in the Navy. He taught me different. Sean, you were saying? I said a sage and his beauty. <laughs> there you go. Well, Sam, end of the innocence. There's a lot there. We've got a couple of great shows coming up in the next couple of weeks, right? We're going to be talking about what is a Christian man. Am I right? Yep, that's what we're going to focus on. And so I'm looking forward to those. And you can look forward to November 9th through the 12th. we got a boot camp coming up. That's going to be awesome. Again, a, a great way to find out what a Christian man is. A great way to experience getting your water fixed <laughs> or understanding the desires of your heart. It's all there at MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Thank you so much for listening today. You guys honor us by listening. Thank you. <laughs>